Hey y'all, before we get started with this episode, a quick disclaimer that Christian and I are trying out something new for our interview equipment, so our audio is a bit rough, but our guests sound fantastic, and it's a great episode, so please, please keep listening, and without further ado, here's that episode. Welcome to Drug Mythology. I'm your co-host, Chris Hansiker. I'm your co-host, Christian Madonna. And welcome again to our very special um, guest episode with uh, Mythological, that's Mythological, um, series creator and character designers, Nicole and Giada. Yeah, why don't you guys tell the folks about yourselves if they haven't already heard from the last episode, and I hope they have because that was a fantastic one, mm-hmm. but if if they're just here for the first time, tell, tell them about you. Um, uh, hello, my name is Nicole Hara. And my my name is Tarada Furmaja. First of all, we really suggest listening to the other episode because it's going to be uh, a very interesting one and it gives you a little bit of background to what we're going to say in this episode. Uh, yeah, so we're very excited to be here. So thanks. Uh, for having us, Chris and Christian. So yeah, like um, like we were saying the other time, um, our show is um, absolutely amazing. I mean, I'm so excited to be talking about it because for the moment, it's still a project. Uh, I am the character designer, so I know what that means because we develop the designs uh, of the characters every day. And I can tell you, it's a long process. Uh, You need time, you need inspiration, uh, but also you really need to understand and get to know the characters. So, um, yeah, we're we're definitely excited about the project, but we also believe that uh, once it will be done, it's going to be something totally new and original that well you don't actually see uh on i don't know maybe netflix or on the internet let's say that from a visual point of view um we are going to restore if i can say that to the animation because you know now with well that's my unpopular opinion uh so don't judge me but (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to jump on Giada because I think I think it's important to give uh, the the listeners some context. Right. Um, so like a lot of animation right now, if we're looking at adult animation and and that kind of genre, we see a lot of South Park. We see a lot of Rick and Morty. Uh, we think about Adult Swim um, and a lot of that con- uh, that animation is very rigid. It's very irreverent in a sense that it's satirical but pokes fun at maybe the wrong people or the wrong messages um and with our adult animation we want to you know we want the freedom and the ability to say fuck shit like you know like use all the curse (laughs) words that are at our disposal but we also have a lot of heart and i think that's something that giada fornello our (laughs) brilliant uh character designer brings to our show is because she has this very Disney-like style that 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 is like this heart and soul. Yeah, let's say traditional. <laughs> traditional, fine. Yes, traditional. Like it, she has so much fluidity in her style. Like, it's not as rigid as a lot of these adult comedies. Um, you know, and, and we, we tend to see a lot of the same thing. Like, a lot of animation right now, even though I... I fucking love Rick and Morty. Like, so I've rewatched that show so many times. But I'm so interested in seeing something more than just a Rick and Morty, more than just The Simpsons, more than just a family guy of these, like, rigid characters. Giada has a style that's very fluid and very... There's, like, a sense of... In- I'm, I'm just I'm just talking you up, Giada, because I love you so much. Um, but she has a sense of... In- has this sense of innocence that we think balances the writing style of our show where we're wanting to be serious we're wanting to be you know a little bit raunchy at times but giada is like 
really is the heart and soul of this show of mythological um so Giada like please continue to talk about your I style. feel so flattered now Nicole <laughs> I have to say uh well by the way thank you so much for the kind things that you said um yeah so you perfectly summed up the soul of myth illogical um what we really want to do is to face universal themes but with the maturity and with with the intention of facing universal themes so and we're doing that in a new style because like you said the simpsons or family guy yes the content is there but from a visual aspect there's something that lacks so yeah that's what we're gonna do in our show we hopefully will get there at some point especially all of us disney kids you know the world like some of us still believe that the world can be good and that there's a lightness to the world and i don't know like when i first met you giada on facebook now i'm just proclaiming my love but when i first <laughs> met you giada <laughs> When I first met you, Gianna, on Facebook, like, there was just something about your style that felt so nostalgic. I can, you know, bring up big topics, but know that because these characters have this purity to them, that they're still going to be relatable and that they're still going to to hold this this pure intention, even as we're, like, getting into some tough topics. Um, and especially in a show about religions and about mythologies, I think that's very important. And so I, we, I don't think we can make this show without you, Giada. Oh, well, let's say, let's say that what I'm trying to do here is, first of all, um, understanding who the characters are, so getting to know them properly. And then the first thing that I really focus on is... Um, emotions so their emotional sphere and i really try to um to 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 express their feelings through my drawings and yeah that's that's what i do um if i can succeed in that then i have i've accomplished my goal so you guys are talking about like the sort of in your show how it's balancing sort of the lightheartedness but also like serious issues and like trying to give representation and capture feeling of all the different characters, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like our our four main characters are these minor gods that are living in a world where all um like all religions, all myths, all legends I, I mean i guess legends we can kind of argue but like myths and religions um live in the same world and in this world we call it the plains and on the plains we follow these four misfit deities uh cthulhu jr obviously from the cthulhu mythos um kuna which is from polynesian inspired by polynesian mythology and um he's kind of like the instigator of all of their uh their misadventures. We have little G, who is this tiny little bodhisattva who is just so optimistic and so supportive. And then we have Sheena, who is this driven, like, she knows her power type of individual that comes from Hindu, a Hindu background. She is made up, but, you know, we have this feminist, hopefully a feminist icon um, coming from uh, sometimes seen as a very rigid and conservative background. Um, so we're taking these these uh, not often heard voices and we want to bring them into the limelight and we want to showcase them as they themselves are trying to find their way into the world. So they're in the academy, which is like this university setting Um in the plains and and we'll see how they grow we're see we're gonna see how they grow up we're gonna see how they learn we're gonna see their shortcomings and we're gonna see you know how they're going to prove themselves in a world where their existence is dependent on followers and so that's kind of the basic premise of the show that's great and so with the character designs you guys are really sort of capturing 
like walking the balance on capturing like um, what is um, true to the different myths and then also like adding in a modern spin of like the, the modern aspect of it with like the followers and who's on TikTok, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Uh, like yeah. example, yeah, exactly. For example, we have a character named Angela. Um, mm-hmm. She's just kind of a, a generic, yeah, we, she's just kind of like a generic angel we originally came up with, but in her character description, she's like this saint of chastity, um, and she's currently dating Hercules, um, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, they're the ultimate power couple, you know, at, at the Academy, um, and Angela is very driven. She's very also focused on, like, what she tries to preach so but then we also see this kind of other side of Angela for example where she's very so driven to the point where is this really a good thing you know is she really following through with what she believes in or has she fallen off like how far will people go to claim power and I, I guess, you know, like there's there's so much going on in the show that I really recommend going to our website, Myth Illogical, this Myth Illogical with an I, uh, MythologicalTheSeries.com. Uh, you can read about our character descriptions. You can read about the overview of the show. You can read about uh, this little essay I wrote called Satire Without Cruelty. It's about how we're, we as a show are trying to write satire without trying to poke fun at disenfranchised groups. Wow. Um, yeah. and- <laughs> that's the struggle. It's like, we want to represent them without just like beating exactly. them and making fun of them. Exactly, especially like, since we're making yeah we're making a comedy, but we don't want to do it in a way that's disrespectful because we do really want to represent people in the best way that we can, and the best way we can is if we get people to come to our website, we where we do have a forum where we do want to have open dialogue um, that we can interact with, so that we can see what people are thinking, what people want, what people are are experiencing and then take that into our show so the more that people interact with our website from the beginning the more that we can try to make this show as as good as we possibly can um but with that said we have giada who is mm-hmm. like the the anchor <laughs> to our show who who is really going to bring the heart and and when you visit the website you will see what i mean like she i just i love her style um, and I think it will, her style will change the way that adult animated series is looked at. Let's just say that we really want to lighten up the tone, but at the same time, we want to be genuine, be real, um, to what, you know, universal struggles represent for each of us. Absolutely. Um totally agree and yeah we always talk about how like myths are so universal and that there's always like a trickster god and there's always some sort of like fable and like a main god like an all-father kind of figure and how it really just sort of like goes universally like how you were saying it it really is like these universal truths and you know gods are petty and make fun of each other all the time and they honestly just reflect people you know like there's all these characteristics of just people just normal people that the gods represent and are this like you know they're larger than life they are the gods they do all these things but at the same time boy they are just like us mm-hmm. um in the and worst, worst ways. And I love that. And it sounds like, especially with the way you guys are animating it, you know, the style, really trying to make that all very approachable. Because oftentimes, not enough people are learning about mythology because it's too, you know, it's too distant, too academic. And really just, even though it has all these universal truths and struggles and just parts of experience in there. So it sounds like you guys are really making that I mean, I, Giada, you can speak to it better, but like from an outsider, from you, 
I just feel like your style has so much of this innocence and this, this love and this tenderness that, you know, even our worst characters, the characters that we plan on being our villain, our, the characters that we plan on being our villains, like we want to bring in these characters in a way where we can, we can see where everybody is coming from. At the end of the day, like we're all fighting for the same thing. We're all fighting for our survival. We're all fighting for happiness. We're all fighting for representation. We are all fighting just so that we can be heard, so that we can continue doing what we want to do. And in the show, we start off with these characters not really knowing what they want to do with their lives or not really knowing where to go with their lives because they're kind of in this university setting you know like it's it's kind of like oh that's really yeah it's it's, exactly and i feel like you don't really get to see a lot of college student stories we see a lot of like high school and then all of a sudden we're working professionals (laughs) yeah like we don't get to see the like hey i just want to party on friday nights but also like i have to figure out what to do with the rest of my life (laughs) um and i have to make that decision soon i guess like you know (laughs) We kind of just want to explore that and we want to see how, you know, in a system like in the plains, in this system where existence depends on followers, how are we supposed to make a name for ourselves? I can, al- I can already relate. <laughs> yeah. Followers and subscribers, <laughs> listeners, yeah. what? Oh, and I, I I can already relate with this. I remember college and partying with the Greeks. <laughs> yeah, the toga parties, right? They're so fun. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a blast. <laughs> I, um, I I love this. I mean, this is obviously right up our alley. Chiara, mm-hmm. do you want to say more about? <laughs> do you want to say more about the? Like, what you hope the style of, like, television might change? Yeah, so basically, this is actually a turning point because, um, like, what I think is that nowadays, um, big studios like Disney, uh, DreamWorks, Sony Animation, even Netflix Animation, they do um, all these amazing... um, movies everything is ordered by a financial low underneath in the sense that there is not the purity that maybe uh, at the beginning of the animation era was there um i was um talking to a disney animator actually uh like two months ago because there was this uh, initiative called rise up animation and she she was telling me that at some point at disney like at disney studios um like some people didn't even care about the animation they were only moved by uh financial reasons and i think that's the worst i mean obviously it was just you know a chit chat and she told me that kind of quickly uh, in the sense that we didn't talk about it too much, but even the thought that big studios are putting out their stories without a deeper meaning, I mean, that's depressing. And what I really would like to bring in this show is, like Nicole said, um, the soul of these characters, their thoughts, their fears, and their aspirations in life. So I really would like to talk about this, these issues, uh, but with a light and up tone, just to to keep it funny uh, and relatable at the same time. And obviously, since my style, I I mean, I don't really like to define my my own style because, well, it's it's kind of difficult to be honest like everybody has its own uh, artistic style but Nicole said um, that mine looks like the Disney kind of style so 
I would say that I definitely want to go back to the traditional 2D looking style because I think that it's so charged with um, emotions. Like when I draw, I can I can feel uh, the weight and uh, the gravity of the characters that are um, taking shape. So we we definitely would like to uh, restart. Let's say a new. Well, th these are big words, obviously, but we are ambitious. So we would like to go back to the 2D style in order to um, facilitate its um, revolution, let's say. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's all about revolution now, right? Like everything's <laughs> about revolution. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, bringing it bringing the heart and soul back into it, I think we can all relate to when we've seen that missing from things. Trolls 2 and 1. <laughs> just trolls. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to pick on trolls, but I didn't watch them and I just thought they were shameless. I was going to say, Emoji Movie. Oh, awesome. <laughs> There are a lot of lessons to be learned about the Emoji Movie, though. I watched it with an eight-year-old, and he totally lost interest while I was totally invested. <laughs> That's interesting. No, but, like, well, but, like, kind of talking back to, like, the intentions behind, like, animation. Um, like, for example, if you look at the original Snow White movies, when they put the blush on uh, Snow White's face, they actually used physical blush to to make it look more natural. You know, like, that's so crazy to think about now. Like, you would never think about, like, putting actual makeup on a still. And it's not saying that that's what we're doing because that would cost a lot of money and it would be totally inefficient. And, and there, are a lot of, there are a lot of things. Yeah, right? Like, there's there's a lot of things in making an animation that you have to consider it in a logistic and financial sense. Like, there's a oh, yeah. reason why television animation looks the way it does now is because it's so much cheaper to to rig an animation to to kind of move joints very quickly rather than like moving with like this full roundness. I don't if you if you go to our website and kind of look at Giada's style, like you'll see how her even in her stills, there is this roundness, there is this fluidity in which she draws um, that hopefully like we can bring into television animation that already exists in movies, but that we can bring more of this heart and soul in a setting that can be more crude and raunchy because, you know, all of us Disney kids are grown up now and we, we want to see the same sort of raunch. I want a PG-13 Coco. Like, I want a PG-13, you know, like, I want, like, if if you're we're thinking PG-13, like, Lilo and Stitch, I want to hear Nani being able to be like, fuck you, Lilo, like, figure out your own shit, you know? Damn it, Stitch. Right. That's so great. Yeah. I love that you guys are making a adult animated um, web series. Is it going to be web series or like TV? So we would ideally like to maybe get to a streaming service um, because we think streaming services take more risks in that area. I don't know. Like we're we're still doing a lot of research, but like we would like to work with bigger studios so that we can we can get this out there in a bigger sense and in in a yeah. more immediate sense because yeah. we think that this show is something that people need right now. We need something that shows how different we are while also being so similar that we all have a similar drive. We all have a similar goal in life of just wanting our lives to be as good as they possibly can be. Um, and and so like we 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 want to do that as quickly as possible. So a web series, although we will make it if we need to make it a web series, uh, we're trying to pitch it to more bigger studios, uh, bigger audiences, and and get this out there sooner rather than later. 
Excellent. Well, we can't wait to see what you guys create, and we'll be following the project very closely. Um, Yana, did you want to talk about uh, your myth that you like? What's your favorite sort of myth that you wanted that like inspired you or brought about um, like your style or sense of storytelling, your narrative storytelling? Right. So I have so many myths that I like. Uh, to be honest, so choosing would be uh, so difficult for me. But actually, since I'm here today, um, I really wanted to talk about um, something Italian, you know, because um, I'm from Italy. I'm 100% Italian. So I, I thought that talking about the foundation of Rome would be the perfect choice. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, um, I definitely think so. I mean, you know, people are very interested in that. Yeah, no place like Rome. <laughs> yeah, like obviously, um, the foundation of Rome is one of the most important legends, if you want, of my country. And we have to say that the tradition is pretty accurate since it indicates precisely like the day, the year, and the place of the foundation of Rome. So everything makes it so mysterious but at the same time it's so interesting uh so here we go like um on the 21st april of 753 before christ so a long time ago uh on the palatine hill this uh city was found and well this day is thought to be a formality by the majority of people um so like a conventional date but um, there are some who say that there's some sort of truth to this day but anyways um the guy who decided this this uh, date was marco terenzo varone uh, well <laughs> actually i'm, I'm kind of laughing because i'm saying that with an English accent, although I'm Italian and the name is Italian. So never mind. We're very ready to put your name. Um, so it's yeah, so, give, us, give it to us. Yeah. Force us to learn your language. Yeah, but you know, you know what? Because when you when you're speaking another language, you you get so into the foreign language that you kind of forget of your own. <laughs> so that that's what happened. But anyways, the the name would be Marco Terenzio Varrone. So he uh, so he was the guy who uh, set the day. Uh, anyways, so this guy Varrone chose the date and um, like on what basis? On the basis of the astrological calculations of his friend Lucio Taruzio. I don't know why they chose these names ones, but. Uh, yeah. So basically, after the destruction of the city of Troy by the Greeks, uh, Aeneas and his companions arrived on the shores of the Lazio region after a long journey. Um, so, like everybody knows that Aeneas is the protagonist of the Aeneid uh, by Virgil. And um, speaking of the Greek city of Troy, it was Homer who narrated the War of Troy in his poems. Uh, but anyways, arrived in Lazio, Aeneas uh, marries Lavinia, who was the daughter of Latino, and he was the king of the Lazio region. So the Lazio region is, let's say, in central Italy. Um, and uh, Aeneas finds the city of Lavinia. Um, and after a few generations, one day, uh, one of Aeneas' descendants, uh, Rea Silvia, who was uh, the priestess of goddess uh, Vesta and daughter of Numitore, who is... Does your very... Sorry. Was, um, Vestal, Vestal Virgin? Or like a Vesta? Or... It, it was the name of the goddess. I don't know if all priestesses are... Vestal Virgin, but all right. <laughs> question. Well, the thing is that she is raped by the god Mars. So, so this descendant 
Aeneas. So yeah, the descendant um, of Aeneas yeah. is raped by the god Mars. So Ares for, for the Greeks. And she has two twins. And guess who are the twins? Romulus and Remus. So George they, and... So they Can I are say Fred and George That's from it. Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> they are the real protagonists of our story. Um, so however, in that period, the throne of Numitore, uh, so Numitore, to recap, uh, was the father of goddess Vesta. And so he, he had been usurped by his brother, Amulio. And Amulio, in order to avoid a revenge from Numitore's rightful hires, uh, he orders to throw Romulus and Remus in the river Tiber. And this is very similar to what happened in uh, the Jungle Book, if you think about it, because like that's how they <laughs> have the baby. Uh, because actually, the basket where the basket where they had um, they had been abandoned. Uh, get stuck in the river bend, and the two kids are rescued by a female wolf. So it's very similar. A she wolf. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, okay. Because at first I was like, um, this is kind of like, what, like Moses? Moses, you know, thrown in the river in a basket. And then I was thinking he's very like Shakespearean, very like Hamlet esque, like their uncle usurped and was like, I gotta kill the heirs. Of the true king, so I can be king, and um, but then kind of the animal really threw threw it across the jungle book. I do like the jungle book connection. I never made that before, but you're right. <laughs> so they're rescued by she wolf named Bagheera. Coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> it was not Shakira, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to like, okay, this reminded me of like the Bible where they're like, uh. Abel, the art like Cain begot Joe begot. I'm 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 totally butchering it. <laughs> but I was like, okay, there's a lot of family ties. But anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah. But then now it. there's a shield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for the record, the female um, of the wolf is a sacred animal for Mars. So the father of Romulus and Remus. Wait, the wolf is an animal of Mars. Don't tell me he got with the wolf too. <laughs> So apparently the wolf was a very important animal for the Romans. And it, it, it still is, if you, if you think about it here in Italy. Like, if you go to Rome, um, the, the female wolf is like a symbol. And it, 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 it represents mm-hmm. the majesty of the city. Because obviously it, 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 it traces back to this legend. Um, so yeah, later later on, the two siblings are adopted uh, by a human this time, not another animal. Uh, and his name was Faustulo. I don't know, like these names are, are so weird, even for myself. But anyways, um, so they were adopted by Faustulo, who was a shepherd, and um, by his wife. And once they grew up, Romulo. Um, Romulus and Remus go back to Alba Longa and kill Amulio, who was the, the guy who usurped the, the throne. And and they put yeah, back first prophecy. <laughs> they wanted to restore a sort of uh, order. And uh, and they put Numitore back on his rightful throne. Um, so at this point the twins decide to found a new city on the Palatine Hill, as I mentioned before, in the very place where the female wolf rescued them. But to do that, they first observed the, the flight of the birds because the flight of the birds was thought to reveal the God's will. So they took a look at the sky and they see where the birds are going, and then they're like, "Okay, let's let's just trace uh, the the borders of our city right here, uh, because I think that what the god wants." Uh, 
So landed on a tree. This has to be it. No, right? th this makes perfect sense. This is, this is like the founding of Mexico City. It's eagle with a snake in its mouth land on cactus. This is city. This is <laughs> bird land where wolf was. This is city. <laughs> I love that. You're just like, okay, so the birds are flying over here. Okay, like so let's just write write they that border down. And then okay, so they went that way. <laughs> Where do they live? And this is, the city. And this is the city of Rome, one of the most important cities of all history. Exactly. Traced so, by birds. Yeah. But, you know, I know these are twins, Romulus and Remus. Um, why, why is it not the city of Rheem? Uh, the Rheem and Empire. I will come to yeah. that because there are some theories. Um, of, of the name Rome. Well, the name has many interpretations, but, well, first I'm going to finish the story, and then I'm going to give you uh, this behind-the-legend stories. So, so yeah, they, um, like, the, the, the two brothers kill Amulio, and they put Numitor back. They trace the, the borders of the, of the city, and after that, they, they take... Uh, like a plow and they use it to trace the so-called so this is going to be hard for me because it's in latin and i never studied it but it's sulcus primogenius aka the sacred borders of the city so they are like untouchable and then they arrange some big rocks called terminals on the ground um and this name terminals comes from the fact that these rocks um are consecrated con consecrated to terminus the god of limits and then they start building the walls of the city which were considered as being sacred um and um like as i said untouchable but that's um that's where the story changes at some point because ramus dares violate the walls at some point like it, it the story was too boring and so Remus decided to to spice it up and he, he decided to violate the walls what do you mean by violate the walls well, he, did he pee on them yeah or, or did he, like <laughs> there's not like, there's not footage on that but like <laughs> please there's nothing ambiguous in here at least in here um I, I think it just, I don't know, maybe made a graph, like a drawing on the walls, <laughs> or... They drew a dick. <laughs> yeah, a dick and like, Remus was here. He's <laughs> like, uh, I drew a wolf, it was horrible, um, but this is what we're going with. This wolf looks like a dick. <laughs> no. Not on the sacred walls of Germanus. <laughs> Well, the thing is, this was a sacrilege, and and this cost uh, costs his life because Remus uh, was finally killed. And yeah, that's a sad story. I'm I'm sorry, but that's what happens in ancient ancient Rome. So if you do something wrong, you have to die. <laughs> Damn, man! Like I'll be in the Alamo. <laughs> if he'd lived it's times, not at all like it times were harder than tw in 2020 i guess so <laughs> we, we can't complain about it <laughs> yeah so basically at this point uh romulus becomes the first king of the city and he calls it rome so he is the one who um who, ch who chose the name i wonder why <laughs> So, so moral of the story: don't fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> don't draw a bad. Wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, draw your wolf good. If it's bad, it's it's vandalism and sacrilege. If it's good, it's art. If it's good, you get to name a city after yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 interesting, and as you guys were wondering, like it's curious to know uh, why why. I mean, why he chose the, the name Rome? And uh, apart from the classical interpretation where the name Rome is traced back to 
is founder Romulus, obviously. There's another interpretation. So the name Rome uh, is supposed to come from an Etruscan word, uh, which is linked to the name of the river Tiber, which in Italian is Tiber. And this word in Etruscan is Roman. I mean, it's, it's written R-U-M-O-N. So I, I, I hope I pronounce it correctly. Um, another hypothesis is that Rome comes from a different Etruscan word uh, that means other. And this is clearly a reference to the rounded shapes of the hills that characterize um, the, the Palatine Hills. Or... Wait, it's named like the 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 Etruscan Etruscan word means otter. <laughs> like cow boob. <laughs> like like a cow's otter. Like, or like a um other. Other. Other with two d's. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, like the cow. The cow. Yeah, exactly. Not really. A boob. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, Oh, because like the shape of like the seven hills and like the yeah, they look like wolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so there's another interpretation <laughs> to the name. Uh, maybe you you fancy. I love that. No, that that's not a fan. I I love that. I I didn't know. I always thought just like Romulus, name it after you as well. Yeah, there are so many interpretations, and some of them are weird. Can be weird. So the last interpretation would be that uh, Rome is a reference to the story of the twins. And, well, this is the, the most classical one, to be honest. Like, um, is a reference to the story of the twins and the female wolf that fed them. So mm -hmm. they, they found some kind of connection to uh, the name Rome, I guess. Um, I love it. And at this point, I, I would like to say that another interesting analogy that concerns um, the story of Romulus can be detected in the figure of Aeneas, because he, if you remember, he was the, the one who ran away from the city of Troy because a fire mm -hmm. had hit it. And because of that... Not a horse, right? Yeah, exactly, that one. Um, and he, Aeneas... Um, tried to find a new land for his his people. And this is like what happens with the the Roman twins because like they uh, they found a new city and so does Aeneas. I mean the the reason the reason why they do that is different, but apart from that it's kind of the same story. So uh, like, they, they found a kind of connection. Um, but more, specific, more specifically, um, it, I don't know, I think that those migrations happening in the Mediterranean basin uh, during that period where we're going, we're going from a precise period, it, it could be an historical reason. Mm -hmm. um, there are some recent studies that show that the story of Romulus is not just a mere legend from the the fourth century before Christ, but rather it would uh, it would tell something that historically is true, because there are actual facts. So like it's not completely made up. I would love to think that the historical reason of why Rome was like named Rome was because of a she-wolf that raised two twins. That's a story you found an empire on. I mean, that's that that'll satisfy Augustus. Well, I also wonder which wolf sort of like also a uh, code for you know like probably a woman of the night, someone who was like less like was it a literal wolf or was it like a woman who was you know probably a prostitute who? No, no, no. It was an animal. Yeah, I'd say all the statues I've seen in Rome suggest it was a wolf. That's <laughs> <laughs> very much so like the Jungle Book, because he was raised by wolves. Wow. 
Bernard Kipling ripped off <laughs> the ripped Indian. Off the Roman, ripped off Virgil, whose original story did not rip off anyone else. All oh, right, like Homer's Odysseus, yeah. Whatever. But it's, <laughs> please, please, the Aeneid and the Iliad and the Odyssey, no. Oh, um, I I love this though. Yeah, and uh, is it Romulus and Remus also like the um the zodiac sign for Gemini? Oh, it should be. Is it? I think it is. I feel like I need to look this up right now. As a Gemini, I feel like yes. I think you should claim it, man. It's I, like two important twins founding of Rome. I, Love oh that my shit. god! To name a more iconic pair of twins. Don't say Cain and Abel because the same thing happened. Twitches. <laughs> sister, sister. It is according to Google and Wikipedia. The most. Um, Can't see it, but right now I'm doing flexing for my astrology knowledge. Oh, yeah. Also, like, the most authoritative sources, Google, Google, Wikipedia, if, if they say it, it's true. Um, I love that, and I, I'll gladly, as Gemini, will take Romulus and Remus. Oh, yeah, they're great. Love me some twins that found the city. I think it's so interesting how, like, Rome is such an important city to the entire world, and, like, we didn't really know anything about how it was founded. I don't think I've ever really thought about the founding of Rome, but like this story is just so interesting to think about like how Italy was even founded. Or or not necessarily Italy, but Rome was founded. Is there ever like um a sort of like we're founded by Mars, but then also like tracing it all the way back to the Aeneid Venus sort of dichotomy there? Because because but- Aeneas himself is descended from Venus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think he is, he is. But, like, also, there are some actual facts to the foundation of Rome. Because what, what happened was that some archaeologists found the remains of a few houses that um, dated back to that age. And these houses were found under a, fir- a first layer of aristocratic houses of the Palatine Hill. And this was definitely um, uh, a witness of the importance of Rome during the Tarquin's age. So basically, when they continued the investigations, they found that uh, there were other archaeological finds that had been brought. Uh, they witnessed the, the presence of the fortifications of the Palatine Hill in order to, to build these walls well, theoretically, in order to build these walls, the, the two brothers had to knock down a settlement of huts, it is said. And um, this one date back to the end of the ninth century before Christ, which is um, like this date is older than the foundation of Rome. There is some sort of um, evidence to that, like scientific proof. So they're finding, yeah, like, so you're saying they're finding real archaeological evidence of yeah. the sort of settlements and things that were there in uh, Lazio, in uh, Latinium, or the region and on the hills that uh, become Rome that date back to the same centuries, the same 900 BCE, as uh, Virgil had written down in the Aeneid. So really, even though he is writing this um and fiction of the Odyssey. Not quite as a capturing the story as it happens because he's writing in the first century um, C? Something like that. Uh, but really, he is basing it off of, like, we're finding proof that he had based it off of real real events, and, like, real founding events of the of Rome. Yeah, like, I, I think that's it. So cool. I always love a good, uh, like city founding story that also involves rules and abandonment and murder and usurpation and I mean preferably no rape but a lot of the Greco-Roman stories do involve that yeah yeah (laughs) what can you do about that (laughs) you you tell the stories you can't let Mars get away with that shit right (laughs) hold Mars accountable (laughs) Mars, always the rebel rouser. Uh, oh my god, right? All the time. And also, like, him and Venus bumping uglies for a while, for a bit, is like, huh. Venus, just make a decision. 
<laughs> Play the field, Venus. Yeah. Now that's the line talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love a story that ends with the founding of a city, twins, uh, murder. It's all great. She wolves. <laughs> she wolves in the closet. Why don't you just let them out? Ah, and <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us. Again, you guys are amazing. Um, again, please like tell us where they can find out more information about um, mythological and yeah, any other information you want to share. Um, yeah, so we are mythological. Um, myth spelled normally. Um, illogical. I L L O. Oh my God, G I L O. <laughs> G-I-C-E-L? I don't know. Um, Whatever. I am, like, I've got a third of a bottle of wine left, so I'm, I've drunk too much already. Um, but anyway, myth illogical. <laughs> yeah. Myth illogical the series.com. Um, we have a forum up right now. We also have some Facebook forums as well that we really just Right now, we're really in a phase where we really just want to hear what other people have to say about myths. We really want to hear about what people have to say about structures, about, you know, life as they see it and how they see it in a context of religion, of myth, of, of legends. Um, because I, these are the stories that have shaped all of humanity since the beginning of time, since we've had an oral or... Uh, written history um, so the more that we can get people to participate the more that we have as a show to be able to come back to and and write good material and and write things where we're just trying to tell stories of people who are trying to to find success to find purpose um, we start with four minor gods who are just trying to figure out life, and the more we hear from you, the better the better it, it is because research is so hard to do on your own. Oh, um, so please, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please, please make our jobs easier. We have a website right now, mythillogicaltheseries.com. Uh, participate in our forum. Um, we also have a Facebook page that will be um, something that we look at as well. And our ideal, our ideal writer's room would start with, like, let's see what people are saying. Let's see what people are sharing. Um, so the more involved we can get a community, the more we feel that we can represent you. And that's the whole point of the series. Um, so please, please, please visit our website, check out our pitch deck. We're still updating. Everything on the website is still updating um, minute by minute every week. We're always trying to make things better. Um, and hopefully we can get this on the air someday. And that's that's our dream as a show. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And Mythological sounds awesome. It's a beautiful dream. Yeah, I'm really excited to see it and see some progress as well. Uh, so thank you again so much, so, so much for coming on our show and um, sharing your favorite myths and more about the show. Yeah, we'll definitely be following Mythological and its growth and looking forward to seeing what's happening in the future. And we hope you all will too. Yeah. So... Thank you guys so much for joining us, and um, stay frosty, my friend. Yeah. Have, have a good time.